Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me so far this evening, we have the uh, close to on time Jacob Terrell and uh, the, the the potential of a late Earl Nieto may uh, grace us with his presence later on. So uh, it is Wednesday night. We do appreciate you folks being with us. As always, uh, if you are in the chat on Facebook and or uh, YouTube, please pop on over in the comments. There are questions and comments in there throughout the show. We'll get to them as we go along. And uh, if you're on Twitter, you can certainly watch, but you can't comment. So hop on, on one of the other platforms and uh, you can be a part of the show as well. Um, not a whole lot in terms of New Mexico United news this week. So do, we do have a few things that we'll get to throughout the evening. Um, but the biggest news of the week for the USL Championship, and it leads me into my burning question of the week, Jacob Terrell, how does it feel to be the 2022 USL Championship playoff pick winner? I didn't win. You picked, uh, You went San Antonio, yeah? No, 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 no. Oh, we both went San Antonio. We both went San Antonio, and then I switched mine to Louisville so that I had a chance. So no, mm, that's uh, right. That's right. Earl, Earl is the pick. Em- half. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't. Earl, I love <laughs> Earl. I love you, Earl. If you're listening on the way home, uh, to join us, I love you. Uh, but the fact that you won the playoff pick em, um, just proves that <laughs> nobody knows anything. And that uh, even a broken clock is once is right twice a day. Is that how that thing goes? Yeah. Twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I will say you, you did go lose city simply because of the fact that Earl, you, yeah. you Earl both yeah. did go San Antonio. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay was, was my, was my dark horse pick them. I truly felt San Antonio, San Antonio was the best club uh, heading into the playoffs. And so I, I felt like, San Antonio was the, was the better side in that match. Uh, the stats don't necessarily bear it out, but oh no, they do. Um, um the XG know, anyways does. Yeah, the XG does. Um, but when you look at that match, I think it certainly brings to the forefront a couple different questions that the USL is going to have to face going forward, and when they're looking at terms of growth and improving the league and quality of of calls on the field and. Uh, things of that nature. And do you think this pushes VAR to the top of the discussion table here at the winter meetings? So I did not watch the game. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I, okay. So here's my defense. All right. I turned it on. Okay. And it was after the missed PK. Um, and I watched about, I don't know, five, six minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I fucking hate both of these teams. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here for two hours. And I turned it off. <laughs> okay. I mean, fair enough, I suppose. You know, United, of course, wasn't in it. So, you know, we didn't really have a rooting interest in this game. Unless, of course, you 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 follow the the adage of, you know, Western Conference versus Eastern Conference, and you you stick with your side. So, well, that's I mean that's 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 what I did. I mean, I was rooting for San Antonio, even though um, I picked against them and wanted to win pick them. But uh, I just I I couldn't. I watched it and was like, I just 
I'm not enjoying this moment right now. Yeah. Especially with San Antonio, because San Antonio has some players that just drive me nuts. And then uh I was happy for Harry, obviously. Uh and and less so for Robert, but uh, um <laughs> but I was happy for Harry. Uh I just it wasn't enough rooting for Harry to win a championship wasn't enough for me to actually watch it after okay. I had watched about five minutes of it and thought, mm, yeah, I'm I have other things that I would rather be doing. Earl Nieto. A cl- is that a baby-faced Earl Nieto? I believe it is. Baby-faced oh. Earl Nieto. What's up, guys? Earl. What have you done? Did you lose you, a bet? No. You look You look like a mafia member now. I don't, I don't know how that makes sense, but it, it makes sense in my head, and that's what you look like. No, I get it. The, the the clean cut top, no no facial hair. Wait till yeah. wait till I go to the academy, guys, and I <laughs> hop on a pod during that. I will. You'll be like, who the fuck is this guy? Because it will be it will be worse than Earl. Somehow, well, it sounds somehow like the academy be must be run run by George Steinbrenner. So, no, it's just a police academy. So, high and tight fade. Yeah, no facial hair. I think I can have a mustache. Well, Which is dumb. <laughs> Earl, how you been? How was your weekend? Uh, did you watch the USL Champion uh, Cup final on Sunday? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be the only one. So did you what's the point try- of us doing this? I'm getting, I'm in the show right now. Like they just well, look, got, look, look, I mean, look, look, look. Okay. I have reasons why I didn't watch this. This said USL Championship can't match. Okay, can you disclose those reasons on air or? Are they for an off-air discussion? They're for... Uh, I was busy. I was busy. Okay. See, I tried to watch it and just didn't want to. It was annoying. I need to give like it a shot. I, was, I had plans and wasn't happening. For those of you uh, that have not been here the last couple of weeks, Earl's going to be MIA. He might be here, but he's not going to be here uh, for, for a little while. Um for reasons we will get into on a later date. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, given that Earl is here now and neither of you watched this game. Um, I, wait, let me, open did, the, let, me did, let me, did you wait for me to start this? This shindig? No, oh, no, okay. we've been going for like seven minutes. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um, let me, I'll, I'll broaden the question then. The, the, the burning question I had uh, coming off of the cup final was, does has VAR been pushed to the top of the conversation list at the winter meetings for the governing board? I mean, as a whole, not since you guys didn't watch the final, there were obviously I'm, some issues I'm with aware, the final. I'm aware of the refereeing mistakes that have been made throughout uh the playoffs, the regular season, and and I was aware that there was some stuff going on in the playoff or in the championship that was a little questionable. Mm-hmm. That being said, until we get everybody playing in a soccer-specific stadium where we can have the camera angles that we need to do VAR, I don't think that it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. I think you can make it work. 
I can. I think you can say, "Hey, uh, oh, here we go. Robert's here." Um, I, I think you can make it work. I think you can say, "Okay, so we might not have every angle at every park, but we can at least look at the angles that we have, and if we can get a conclusion off of those angles, then we can change the call." Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's going to happen. Not yet. Earl, what do you think? I mean, I think the infrastructure is there to do it, but do you think the league is ready to mandate that every club have those angles available and that the league is willing, that the league and the clubs are, are, are now being pushed into a position where they, where they need to pay, pay to have VAR done. Um, so I think that VAR would be a good idea in USL. Mm -hmm. Um, just because they would clean up the refereeing a lot, the officiating a lot. Um, but then you stop and you think of stadiums like Las Vegas or San Diego, whose camera recordings and camera broadcast is just garbage. So like either the USL steps up and pitches in for actual decent camera crews in order for that to happen. Or I don't know how they would even make it work if they don't have decent camera angles. I mean, time and time again, this season alone, this past season alone, we talked about not being able to get a clear shot on whether the uh, goal was offside or if a player was offside or if it was an actual penalty or anything like that because the camera was lagging behind. I mean, we watched Vegas a couple times and yeah, their camera angle where a goal was happening on one end, like they're actually scoring a goal, but they're still looking at the keeper on the other end. I mean, that's the broadcast itself. That's where that issue is. That's not necessarily lack of angles or things like that. That's the broadcast and the well, production decisions that are being made. kind of in, in some cases. Yes. But in others like Kisa Vetter's goal. Oh, what match was that? The main camera, which is the one you're kind of relying on in most cases to catch the main action, was at midfield, and he scored a header. Right, And you couldn't see it. That's not a production issue. That's the cameraman on the main camera not keeping up with the ball. And I kind of like Robert's thing where he said maybe VAR for the playoffs or at least the final. Um, I would be actually okay with a neutral site, kind of like Super Bowl, how they have neutral site finals. Um, to where they actually have time to put together a decent camera crew, put together a VAR system um, for a final like that. Back to the Vegas thing, real quick. I mean that I would I say that's a production issue because that's the can that's the broadcast crew fucking that one up royally. Yeah, you know, fortunately we you know Windfire Productions here does a pretty good job of, of with the broadcast now. Do they have the, the personnel and the equipment to do a full-on match? Probably. I don't know. I haven't talked to those guys enough to know whether or not they could do that with all the angles that we would like to see for VAR. Um, but, I mean, the USL was one of the leagues that pioneered VAR technology. They're the ones that were in the first group of, of, of leagues to do it. So the league has shown a willingness to do it before. They've shown the ability to do it. So I don't understand the reasoning behind getting rid of it. And now we're at a point where now we 
I feel it's a necessity now after seeing how well. I, okay, let me rephrase that. I won't say it's been done well everywhere, but I will say I feel like important moments in games have been correctly decided more frequently with the use of VAR. Would you guys agree to that or am I, or do you think I'm off base here? No, I mean, I, it, that's what it's there to do. And that's more often than not what it does. Um, so I'm, I'm for it in most cases. I'm not even against it necessarily uh, in the USL. I just don't think it's going to happen in the next year, maybe the year after. Um, but I, I just don't think it's quite. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the USL is quite ready for it technology wise. Um, because like we see like in the Premier League, like not only do they have like unlimited camera angles, but they've got that stupid offside line technology where they like literally draw it across the field and then you could be off by like a centimeter and it catches it. Um, and I, I don't know if, I don't know if a league will implement something that's not that, if that makes sense. You know, I, I think we've definitively shown that, drawing lines across a field is perfectly possible. No, 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 no. <laughs> For those listening, any tweet that you saw with lines drawn on it was strictly Seth's <laughs> thoughts, not Somos Moss as a whole. Also, because um, like that play was offside. That. That I don't even have was, a Twitter. Yeah, that play was offside. 100%. It was offside. The lines did not do us any favors in proving that it was offside. <laughs> My son could have done that and he's five. So, so that, that didn't, didn't really drive home the point that I, we needed it to drive home, but he was offside. <laughs> he, he, he was, was clearly offside. offside. Yes. Um, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Robert. Yeah. I'm looking right at you. I want to speak to Robert's point here about neutral site. Earl, I do appreciate you bringing that up. And it's something that we've seen work in other sports. You know, you, you see call particularly, primarily college football, you know, you, when you have neutral sites for the conference championships, you have neutral site for the, for bowl games and, and national championship and things like that. The big difference is to me, first you, first of all, you talk about those conference championships or you have, you know, like the, the kickoff games at the Mercedes Benz, we have an ACC SEC team, both from the Southeast, both teams are going to travel. Uh, the fans are going to travel really well because that's just what happens with college football. I don't think, and I think a lot of it would depend on where this neutral side is because, I mean, realistically, how many, if you have, say, an Orange County and, I don't know, let's say Red Bulls too, if you have a final between those two clubs in Houston or Austin or you know somewhere relatively in the middle of the country, I mean, how many of those, how many of those supporters are going to travel? And I think Robert's got a great point there. I mean, Earl, do you think that USL, do you really think the USL championship having a, a cup final at a neutral site? Something, and how would you work that? Do you think it would draw? I I think it would. I mean, you brought up a couple of them, like the uh, foot, the college football kickoff at uh, whatever the hell it is. 
Um, I don't follow SEC or ACC, so um, go Big West or or I mean go Big Twelve and Big Ten. Um, Who cares? Earl, Earl, I will buy you a beer if you can tell me what ACC and SEC stand for. <laughs> SEC Southeastern Conference and okay. ACC Atlantic Coastal Conference. <laughs> All right, Earl. Atlanta and I'll charge you for that beer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really think that a neutral site game would actually have well attendance. I mean, you look at the the Texas Longhorns and Oklahoma Sooners. Which, yeah, I get it. They have a 1,700-year rivalry. I get it. Did um, you say Houston Longhorns? I said Texas. No, he said Texas. Longhorns. Okay. I'm in Texas. Um, where they play at the Cotton Bowl, they don't play at a home game. Like they don't have a home game, and that's one of the most attended games throughout the season. But that's well, that's, you've got eighty years of history. Yeah, and got... it's and it's the Cotton Bowl, which is I believe in Texas. Still, yeah. well, it's I it's mean, like Texas. Uh, I believe it's Texas Oklahoma border. Yeah, so that's like midway point for both teams, like. Take this this championship, for instance. If it was San Antonio and it was Lou City and they played it in Arizona. <laughs> well, like 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 they played it in Arizona. Yeah. Like or or in Austin, even. Uh maybe not Austin because it's right there, but but um LA. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like you're unless it's like a destination city, like uh Orlando, uh Los Angeles to San Diego. Like you're not, like nobody's gonna travel to Phoenix necessarily. See, you hype it for... up like you do the Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl's never been a home field, and that's one of the most attended NFL games. Yeah, but that's a year. sport that that's you, a sport that gets that watched. Anymore. That's a sport that gets watched by like I don't know, probably twenty five times the people that USL does. Well, then the U.S. step up their game and get away from ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes and actually go to mainstream media. Earl, it's no offense to the USL. I love the USL. It's second-tier soccer in America. It's They they could do anything and everything that they can possibly do. It's never going to reach the heights of even Major League Baseball, probably. And I'm not saying it will. It's not going to get there. By no means do I think it will, but they at least have money that they can pay for a freaking stadium that they can go play in. Yeah, but I don't think that's the problem. The problem is they're not going to get fans there. I, if we were in this championship and it was in loose city, I would probably go to loose city. I don't know if I'd go to Dallas, Texas or Los Angeles, or I'd probably go to Vegas, but, or Phoenix even maybe Phoenix. Cause it's closer, but I'd rather go to, the away stadium than a neutral site where I don't know how many loose city fans are going to be there. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. Like I want the fans that have supported that home team to be able to be there no matter what, like you're saying, if we made the championship and had our own, this is in the future when we have our own soccer specific stadium, we have our own stadium. We make the championship. You would rather it be played in Dallas, Texas than here. Well, I mean, yeah, same way, the same way the Super Why? Bowl is, because Why, it's the thrill of getting to the championship in your hometown. That's the thing. So, like Tampa Bay, 
when they won the Super Bowl in their hometown. No one expected them to make the playoffs. Yeah, it was Tampa Brady. I get it. Um, but the fact is you... Was your brain in your beard? Did you shave away your brain too? I'm so confused by your point here. Like, I I would want 15,000 United fans at the stadium in Albuquerque but as are opposed you get, to 6,000 in Albuquerque or in so, Dallas. So here's how that here's how I see that is so say United did ever get a stadium. Um, say we did make the ch- the final and it was at our hometown at our home place. You honestly don't think that people are going to fly to Albuquerque, which is one of the cheapest flights around, to go to a championship, which is right off the airport. Yes, they're going to. That's what I'm saying. So, for example, example. So say United Stadium, whenever they get it, holds 15,000 people. Exactly 15,000 people. Okay. You already know if it's like Tampa Bay United or Tampa Bay and New, and New Mexico United. Tampa Bay is going to fly out here and they're going to take over the stadium the same way that they're they do over there. They're not going to take over our stadium. The same way that Arizona does it with 49ers. The 49ers no, take over Arizona No, because stadium. we have fans. <laughs> I fucking rest my case. What is your case? I, I should have stayed out later. Seth, Seth, <laughs> Seth, what, what, am I missing something? What is going on here? I, I, I have no defense for... I have nothing to support all's argument. I just... I don't see it. I don't see... A neutral site game, unless it's, I okay. So if you're gonna if you're gonna on, be like Lynn Family Stadium or Collar or Switchbacks to Stadium or even Keyworth, you know, as a as a championship final location, a soccer specific stadium in a city that draws soccer fans. If you just go stick it in Dallas or L.A. when your when your finalists are or San Antonio and Atlanta or San Antonio and or whoever or <laughs> or New Mexico and you know New Mexico and uh you know Charlotte you know wh- whoever the case they're not going to go <laughs> Seth Seth you have I named know, I, you have I know, named I, MLS two teams and then a team that's not in the championship <laughs> I know I know you can think of Charleston or Pittsburgh well, you or know Birmingham, what I'm saying I'm saying Tampa some Bay. some club on the east coast like they're not gonna, they're not gonna go, they're not gonna go to LA. They're not gonna go to Phoenix for that match. Now you're gonna get some New Mexico fans to go to Phoenix, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, and like to Rob's point, neutral side would price out a price out a lot of families. It absolutely would. You know, you're you're only gonna get the diehards that are able to do it or and make it a like a one time thing, and that's it. So having the team with the best record. The best point total have home field advantage is going to make the most sense in the long run, unless unless the USL continues to grow. Now, at what point it hits the, that point where a destination game is a thing, I don't know. And this was the 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 context of this conversation started with with VAR. Yeah. And like, if we had our own soccer specific, even before the soccer specific statement, even if we even if next year we get to and host a USL championship, it is the produ- like the production of a regular season match to the production of the championship 
they could come in and add more cameras and get VAR set up for that match, even if it's here. It doesn't have to be at a neutral site for them to get the technology that they want for a VAR compatibility in the playoffs mm-hmm. or the championship specifically. Yeah, it's. I think there's still a lot of growth that the USL needs to go through. And I mean, there was an interesting article over on USL Championship from uh, from uh, Hercules Gomez, Hercules Gomez, um, who do who does the who does a lot for ESPN FC, saying that USL is bigger than or is a better league than Liga MX uh, expansion, like. You know, he he said that the USL has already sent more players to Europe than the Liga Emekis will will ever send. I mean, for the USL to be get to get that kind of get that kind of notice from from someone that's that well versed in North American soccer, I mean, that's gotta say something for where the league is at now and where it could go in the future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think what the USL is doing, what the USL is doing is, is they are definitely on the right path as it comes to growing a league, and and not just the championship, but League One, uh, and, and even League Two uh, to an extent. And so I think that um, in the future we will definitely see VAR. And we will see um, a lot more players transfer to to bigger leagues. We'll we'll see. I, I think the USL had a article uh, on the on the championship website that they were sending eleven play or eleven players that were going to the World Cup had had minutes in the USL, mm-hmm. um, which thirty two teams, eighteen man roster or twenty five man rosters. That's I mean it's not a high percentage of those teams, but. 11's a decent number for a lower level team or lower level league in a country that's not known for being very friendly to soccer. So uh, that's, I expect that number to just continue to grow. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year we see even more or next to world cup. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole lot. Um, that that needs to happen, you know, going forward. And I think the league is in a good chance, is in a good position to 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 continue to grow. And I'm just sorry, I'm trying. I've been trying while you guys are talking. I've been going through trying to find the ratings from Sunday night, and it didn't. The, the USL Championship final didn't even make the top 150 in terms of viewers drawn. So, yeah. well, and you're having it like. I don't know why it wasn't Saturday when you know in America especially you put it on Sunday evening up against Sunday night football you're you're already behind the eight ball and then on top of that you know we have um, I I guess football was really the only thing going on uh, at that time because baseball season's over hockey's going basketball's going but even they even even hockey and basketball are like, Hey, Sunday, uh, NFL can have Sunday. We're going to throw two shitty teams up because they're not going to draw numbers anyways. They're not, they're not trying to put up a, a warrior sons game against Sunday night football. 
why would you do that? So I don't quite understand why I I'm sure it has something to do with the, the broadcast deal with ESPN. Um, Cause they've got Saturday night or those college football on Saturdays and stuff, but it just you, having it on a Sunday in October or November is just not, uh, you're never going to draw very well then. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, well, you could if it's not on ESPN2 or ESPN Deportes. No, it doesn't matter what channel it's on, Earl. It does not matter because Sunday Night Football is on NBC. And unless you're on NBC with Sunday Night Football, that's where the eyes are going to be of the sports fans in North America at the time. Yeah, I, and I just uh, I remember a tweet from I think a couple of years ago. Uh, not a tweet, maybe in a, either a tweet or something over on Reddit. Between the ESPN2 and the ESPN Deportes broadcast, I think it was 2019, the USL Championship final brought in a a combined 81,000 viewers. I mean, that is, compared to Sunday Night Football on NBC, that is nothing. Because I guarantee you that's pulling in, you know, three, four million, if not more. So there's still a long, long way to go. Um, And even if it was on one of the, you know, on ESPN proper, not ESPN two to Portis, ESPN news, any of that nonsense, you know, like, I mean, I, I think we're, I think we're putting, putting the league behind an eight ball here, comparing it to the NFL in terms of broadcast and, and audience reach. You know, I, I think we need to look more along the lines of say, you know, not even NHL because I think NHL still draws, you know, quite a bit better so i mean i don't know I'd, I'd say probably to be the closest thing would i don't know poker night in america like <laughs> i don't know i i don't know because the league is so far behind in terms of that but you know it's definitely grown and i and I, th- I seem to remember there being data from last year showing a significant increase um, in the amount of people that was spending time watching the USL throughout the regular season and the playoffs um, on ESPN plus and the matches on ESPN proper. So no, uh, it's, it's definitely come up. It's definitely doing better. Uh, Robert's got a point here. And I think this is interesting here. Recognition of the league seems to be triggering MLS to scoop up in next pro cities, such as Queensboro and now Cleveland. Um, do you think this is a problem for USL going forward? Now I know other clubs have been announced. Like we've got USL Rhode Island now that's apparently going to come into the league. I think 2024, 2025 with a brand new stadium. Um, but, but apparently that, that ownership group is injecting somewhere in the neighborhood of $300 million um, for a, a basically to develop the, the entire area, you know, the stadium and surrounding area. Um, is, is MLS next scooping up these cities a problem? I don't think so. I mean, we, we've talked, I've, I've mentioned on this podcast before that I think the, uh, the USL is trying to scoop up a handful of cities here in the next few years to get the number to, I don't know, around, What's it at now? There were 27. I think um, it was 14 and 13 in the yeah. two leagues. So to, to, to 27 this year. I think they probably want that number 30, 32. And then eventually I see it trickling down in the championship to 25, maybe 
and then the rest are going to be in league one. And then, and then I see some pro rel happening. Um, uh, at least it might not happen, <clears throat> but I think that's their plan. Mm-hmm. I think that's in a perfect world. They would get 32 cities up in the championship. Inevitably, some of those are going to peter out or need to go down to league one for financial reasons. Like we've seen, uh, Charlotte and, and some others already, uh, North Carolina, um, or they're going to need to take a year off looking at you, OKC Energy. Um, or they'll just disband like Reno um, in certain, cer- certain circumstances. And then they'll settle down at 24, 25 teams uh, in the USL Championship and then go from there. And so uh, losing Queensboro kind of sucks. I was excited for, for that. Um, but... Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to hurt the USL's plan at all. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, yeah, I'll be I'm interested to see where the league ends up in terms of number of teams. And I, I really hope we see Pro Rel. But you've, the thing with that is, after having a system that's been established for this long, you know, yeah. um, getting making sure every ownership group is on board and willing to um continue uh, funding and making sure that they can you know handle the swings up and down you know as clubs go through that so i mean obviously you're going to have clubs that are more than likely going to going to end up as being you know mainstays in each in each league um at some point um but for those that do go up and down you know can they can they handle it you know um so that's going to be important to the to the long-term growth and stability of, uh, of the league as a whole and yeah, uh, maybe even potentially getting USL to as to someday uh, that that tier one status. Uh, I think that's still, you know, some ways off. But um, I, I think it's definitely a possibility if the league can can stabilize and hold on to, uh, I'll hold on to it. You know, it, its footing as it as it meets its goals. Um. There was a, a little bit of news coming out of the league here and there. Uh, Phoenix Rising secured a land, at least for a new stadium location in downtown Phoenix. Who? Uh, yeah. Cares. Um, so that's happening. Uh, El Paso still has not made a single mention. I know Pete responded to a comment over on Facebook earlier today or yesterday, again, talking again about stadium. <sighs> it's coming. At some point, it's coming. I mean, I know we kind of talked about a little bit. Has anything changed in the past couple weeks for you guys in terms of feelings about the stadium? No. No. I mean, it's going to be here. It's probably going to be in Mesa del Sol. People will bitch about it. Uh, But at the end of the day, people are going to go, and we're going to have a good time. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Earl, I know you had some comments about uh, the situation down in – El Trasho, uh, John Hutchinson has left the club, or at least at least left the head coaching position down there. Uh, what do you think this does for El Paso? Fip. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Hutch couldn't take it after a year. He has decided to move on, step down from the uh, coaching role there. Um, so. Who knows what's going to happen in El Paso? They still don't have a stadium. They don't have a head coach again. And uh, can we can we re- rewind real quick and think yeah. about two years ago <clears throat> at the at the end of 
not this season, or I think the last season, so one year ago, mm-hmm. um, Troy Lesane steps down. And we get ripped by El Paso fans. Just basically saying we're trash, we miss the playoffs, we lose our coach, oh, our world is burning. And then like a month later, they lose their coach. And then a year later, they lose their replacement for their coach (laughs) in a season that they missed the playoffs. And I just, I, I'm just real happy about that. Just real happy about that. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sorry to go back real quick. The cotton bowl, there was a question about the location. It is in Dallas, by the way. That's what I thought. Um, so here, here's, here's, uh, here's what I want to happen because it would just make me hate El Paso even more. Mm-hmm. And it would be hilarious. Rick Shantz. <laughs> That's what I want to happen. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. El Paso is going to continue to have an interesting off season. Um, it, a couple of, a couple of changes have been made around the league already. Some more signings have been, been announced here and there. Uh, we did announce, of course, the return of Justin Portillo. Uh, coming back for the second year of what was termed a multi-year contract, um, which we didn't know about heading into uh, the 2022 season because for whatever reason, I asked, I asked about this. I asked about the difference in wording in these, uh, in the contract announcements and the response that I got, I, I my question was, um, first I asked about will as well in a, a one year with a second year option and a straight two year deal. Uh, it was a straight two-year deal for Will. Um, I asked about Justin. Justin is it was a was a multi-year contract, not a one and option year. It was a multi-year deal. Um, I asked for. I was curious about the release, the wording on the releases. I asked, is there a reason why some of these have been announced as multi-year deals and others weren't? I said, I, I, to clarify, I said, you know, like B's and Nava, when we signed them to their multi-year deals, we said it's a multi-year deal, right? <clears throat> that's what the press releases said. That's what came out. I said, but when we signed Justin and Will prior to the 2022 season, they didn't say that. It just said they've signed for ahead of the 2022 season. Um, and I, the response I got was that uh, the contracts for Visa Nava were already public knowledge, but the ones for Will and Justin weren't. That's why they. That's why they are now. I think they're all entering the the next year of a multi year deal. So, still didn't exactly answer the question I was looking to try to get clarified. But um, I don't know. Do you think there's a reason why the club's not announcing these initially as multi year deals? Uh, because it's USL and they don't. They're not transparent with that stuff. Like the fact that Nava and Weehan and Ryden and Moreno, um, the fact that those ones were announced the way they were shocked me when they happened. Um, and I think it was more, um, with Weehan, you know, coming back on loan, it was like, okay, uh, we need something cause we haven't been good this year to get the fans excited. Let's mm-hmm. announce that we're getting Weehan and not only for this year, but also for the next two years, um, and stuff like that. So I, I just, I don't think it's anything, nefarious or anything like that it's just that the usl just hates to to tell us anything okay fair enough i mean i was just curious what, what your take on that was i mean obviously we're happy to have justin portillo back um 
you know, Justin was a big addition to the club in 22, and I think he'll continue to be so do so going forward. Um, not a whole lot more news. Uh, we did get a release from the club. Uh, the New Mexico United Academy is playing for a the Academy National title beginning tomorrow. Um, it will be down in Tampa, Florida, and there will be three group matches, uh, one on 11-17 against AC Connecticut, one against Tampa Bay United on 11-18, and one against Indy 11 on the 19th. Um, now... You can watch these. You can live stream these from a service called Musco Vision. Musco Vision, I think it's Musco Vision for six ninety nine a day. Mucus Vision, mucus. That's probably it. That's how I um, was reading it every time I read. It. <laughs> and then the Academy Final and Third Place matches will be on Sunday and streamed for free on the USL's YouTube page. Um, I'm curious. I mean, are, are you are you going to tune into these at all? I'm highly tempted. But not at the co- not the cost of seven dollars a day. I mean, I get it. I'm glad there's an option available, but I don't know. Is this the best option for the for the league? Like, why if they're already willing to do the final and the third place match on the on the USL page, why not do the rest of the academy matches or allow the clubs to do it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why why they're choosing to split this up between the two, but I imagine it's a cost benefit analysis there where these weekday games, uh, they're probably thinking, Hey, um, probably not going to get a lot of eyeballs on them. Um, the ones that we are going to get are probably going to be diehards. They'll probably pay the $7. So let's, you know, use this mucus vision and try to (laughs) drum up something there. Um, but I I mean I I just won't be paying the seven dollars a match to watch watch the Academy for the round robin. Uh I, I think we're good enough that we're gonna be in the the other matches that they show on USL webs or on USL YouTube. So I'll just wait for those. But I as long as I remember, I will be watching those okay. um w- when they happen. Earl, will you be tuning in to the United Academy tournament at 7 a.m. each of the next three days? Earl, if in case you didn't know, uh, United has an academy team that's uh, high schoolers. Um, in case you forgot uh, or or uh, or didn't know from the get go, and and they made the playoffs, uh, they qualified. We're one of eight eight teams that qualified out of the 72 uh, to make the playoffs by winning the Southwest Division uh, pretty handily over five other teams. So. Um, just in case you didn't know that, that's, that's what we're talking about in baby speak, uh, since you got the baby face going, uh, got it. Um, no, I won't be watching. No. Okay. Um, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I would be watching if I was unemployed and just didn't at home all day, but the fact that I've been starting work by 6 a.m. And then being on the road by seven, um, no, I won't be watching. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, fair enough. I, it's a weird time, you know, for, for the games to be played, if you ask me. Um, I don't know. I mean, best of so, luck to the academy. We're going to. Robert said that I'm traveling to all of these games. Um, Robert, if you want to buy my airfare 
and also pay my time off, I will go to each game. I know you have time off saved. I got a ton of time t- time off saved. Exactly. But I also have plans I'm going to be using that time off. Okay. Um, the club also said they will be live tweeting all of the all of the matches. They're also going to have post match uh, photos and videos and interviews available. So uh, keep an eye out on the club's social media for that in order to keep up with the academy team during this tournament. Um, let's see. What was the other? Okay, the other thing that I thought was really interesting that came out. So. Where is it here? I think this is the one here. Uh, the USL Championship announced uh, yesterday that the USL Academy program is also being uh, expanded to include girls' divisions in 2023. Um, what do you guys think about this? I mean, the it just helps. The the USL is looking to continue to. to to continue to build the pathway to pro thing that they, they, that they keep pushing. And, um, I, you know, it's just another expansion, you know, with the, with the women's league coming out, um, and just the, the pathway to pro we've seen it work here with New Mexico United. How big of a deal is this for the Academy to now include girls divisions? I, I, we will see, what it leads to, but I love it. I mean, I don't know until we get some, some pro teams up and running and actually playing games, um, as a place for these Academy kids to go to. Um, it doesn't, I, until I see where it's going to lead it, I'm not super excited about the future product, but the, the current product is going to be fun as hell. I think. Earl, do you think United gets in on the USL Women's Academy? Um, sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Earl Nieto, folks. Give it up for Earl. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, no, Pete, Pete's always said that he wanted a women's team. Um, so that might be the start for him to jump into a women's team. But I, I'm neither here nor there for it. I mean... Like Jacob said, if it if it works out, cool. But I, I think from a United perspective, you can run the women's academy without a soccer specific stadium. So I think that's a great way for us to get our foot in the door of women's soccer here in New Mexico and Albuquerque specifically, because um, I. Um, I can't for the life of me remember what her name was, but the first person in the high performance program was a girl. I cannot think of her name, and it's driving me. Anna. Nuts. Yeah, I knew Anna, but I couldn't think of her last name. Um, so we we already know that we have some young talented uh, females in this in this state, and so an academy team for the for the girls just seems definitely like it's a chance to us for us to like I said get our foot in the door and and start building up a, a women's program um before we get a a is it WUSL or USLW team USLW USLW team so yeah 
sorry, I'm pulling up the, I don't know. The club has apparently like expired some of their older news things. So yeah, uh, it's Anna. I'll figure it out. She, she's playing college ball right now. So yeah, good for her. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a big thing for, uh, New Mexico United for, for the women's soccer. Um, I, I think it's going to be huge. Like I, I really do. Um, and just adding that Academy level now just continues to, uh, you know, give, uh, give women and young girls these opportunities that they might not have otherwise had. So, um, let's see anything else USL related. Uh, we were talking about expansion, uh, Des Moines, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Milwaukee, and Rhode Island FC are all coming at some point to USL championship. Uh, league one is going to get Lexington SC, Knoxville SC, Santa Barbara, and Spokane are all coming uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, so there's a lot of expansion talk going on. Um, yeah, man, it's just, I mean, it's been the 2022 season is done. It, it's done and over. And, you know, we've talked about silly season, you know, already being well underway. Uh, we will have more signings and things to come. Uh, the club has already teased uh, new player signings at some point uh, coming before too long. So, you know, we're going to have news and notes and things throughout the off season. But before we do get out of here tonight, uh, we do want to tell you guys, and we're going to talk about this here just for a little bit. Uh, we will be bringing you World Cup coverage starting next week. Um, so, 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 before you get to that point, can we um, can we go through the pickums? No, we can't. We did nope. that before you guys. Yeah, you you missed that. Sorry. Sorry. Congrat- congratulations, <laughs> you won. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, so yeah, you did, Earl, congratulations, you did win the pick'em. Um, I think he only missed three games all season, or all playoffs, Yeah, which is bonkers. Yeah, Earl did, Earl, Earl did quite well. Um, you know, <clears throat> or Jacob, you and I, obviously, we made some picks to try to close the gap there as, as things wound down. Um, I think, you know, had we just been picking, picking these and not had a little competition, I mean, we all had San Antonio winning this thing, I think, hands down, so... Um, but yeah, Earl, congratulations uh, on the Pick'em champion for the USL 2022 playoffs. Uh, right, I have these days. Yeah, yeah, you will. Uh, you will have to defend that somehow next year um, if we convince you to uh, step away from other things. Not happening. <laughs> um so but yes world cup coverage we will be bringing you world cup coverage starting next week um the world cup obviously kicks off on the 20th and then continues uh, into december through the holidays um so our plan is to bring you a roughly 10 to 15 minute thing every day during the group stage and then uh once we get to the knockout rounds we're going to have a slightly different schedule um we will continue to bring you new mexico united news and notes as they come up um but we will be getting into world cup coverage here starting next week um little shows we might not probably i don't know if we'll do them live or not probably not um We'll just hop on, record them, throw them in the podcast feed so you guys can listen to those um, to get your updated World Cup news if you haven't been watching those. Um, the matches will all be streamed live. I believe there's a number of them on Peacock. They're on 
uh, Telemundo, they're on Fox, uh, Tubi is going to be showing all of them on demand, and they're going to be throwing them into a replay channel. Uh, so the matches will be available to be seen everywhere. Uh, and I mean, getting into it, you know, we'll, I think what I want to do tonight is we kind of talked with Daniel Bruce last week a little bit about um, possibilities. We, you know, I talked to Will Seymour. He had Germany. Um, you know, we talked about England and, and uh, the U S coming out of group B Um are there any other groups that you guys are interested in lo- really like focusing on here in the group stage? Earl, there's this four once every four year soccer tournament called the world cup <laughs> <laughs> that uh, countries qualify for. And uh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, there is, and I know the teams in it. I don't know which group it is. So let me look up the groups real quick. And then we can go from there. But I will say uh, one second. One second. Riveting, riveting podcasting. Um, <laughs> Very. Right here. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> While he's looking, I do want to I want to take this moment to brag about my pickums. Um, no, we're we've passed that. <laughs> we moved on. We're at, we're at World Cup now. Thank you. Okay, so it is Group F. Okay. Um, we have a, a couple teams that were in the final four last World Cup in Croatia and Belgium. Uh, you've got Morocco, who's got quite a bit of talent, qualified fairly easily, and then you have Canada, who won the Concacaf qualifying. And is in their first World Cup since like the 80s or some 60s or something crazy like that. It's only their has second a, time ever. Yeah, it has a lot of talent that I am familiar with uh, from um, MLS. Uh, they have a couple guys playing overseas, including somebody playing for Byron, uh, Alfonso Davies, um, who's by far their best player. And they qualified for the most part without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're adding him to a team that qualified over the u.s and mexico um they're they're in a group that's kind of a toss-up but um i, I just I, I especially after so there's a podcast from the athletic called the total soccer show uh they've been putting out uh their previews for world cup all the world cup groups and i listened to theirs today for group f and uh stylistically these teams are going to be a lot of fun to watch uh all the matches are going to be exciting um have have the north america ties there with canada uh and and i think it's just going to be be a pretty fun group to to kind of see what happens there and then um obviously ours uh in group b there which i think you said doesn't Mm -hmm. count um the rest uh there's a couple teams i'm looking forward to watching a little bit but not necessarily groups uh, South Korea has probably my favorite Tottenham player um, on it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one and the, or to the, to, to watching their, their matches. And then France is just freaking loaded. Like we talked about a little bit last week. I don't even know what to think of them. Uh, so I'm curious to see kind of what happens with them. Uh, group E is kind of fun. 
uh, Spain and Germany as like the kind of big dogs from it, but then a, a scrappy Japan team um, that has has uh, not a lot of talent that we're going to know necessarily, but uh, I watched the United States play them. Uh, they kind of destroyed the United States in a 2-0 uh, win in a friendly here uh, back in September, I believe. And uh, they, they seem like they can can give some of these other teams like Spain and Germany a run for their money. And then Costa Rica rounds out that group. So another CONCACAF team uh, in there, bringing the total from CONCACAF to four. And aside from Mexico, I'm going to be rooting for all of those CONCACAF teams in some way, shape, or form. So you're basically cheering for everybody except for the U.S. No. That's not what I said. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you, you said without that or not including yeah. that group. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, Earl, are there any clubs that – are there any national teams that stand out that you want to keep an eye on? <laughs> okay. I'm going to risk unmuting him. What the fuck just happened here? Oh, you were muted. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my, my fan club wanted me to do that. Um, Just Belgium. That's the one that, I've, that I'm always interested in. Why Belgium? Uh, just because, just because they're always good. Okay, I mean, uh, Belgium obviously has has Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Romelu Lukaku. Bless you. Um, Maybe. Yeah, uh, provided they're not injured, of course. Um, I mean, Lukaku's in the squad, but he has not been playing for for Inter. No, he all really the hasn't. season, and, yeah. and so we'll have to see if he's actually up for it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, Belgium, obviously, you know, that's, that's where I got, you know, my real like love of soccer, you know, uh, Belgium, us, uh, back in 2014. So that was a lot of fun. Tim Howard, um, really, really, uh, really, although the U S lost that match, it was, it was fun to watch and see, um, for me, I'm interested in group E, uh, obviously Spain and Germany are the favorites here. Um, Costa Rica is a club that gave the con- gave CONCACAF some fits. Um, and Japan, obviously you, you mentioned that they beat the U S recently in a, in a friendly. So, um, group E could be interesting depending on what Costa Rica and Japan do. Um, and then the other one that I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Group F. I think Group H, Portugal and Uruguay, to me, are the favorites coming out of there. I think South Korea can make a run at that at, at that group coming out, though. Um, <clears throat> I don't think Ghana is going to even either even threaten any of these clubs. So, um, E and H should man. be. I don't know. I I look at Group H and nobody sticks out to me like as a clear, clear, clear favorite. I think I get- Portugal above anybody else, but. But even them, I mean, yeah, a forty-year-old crybaby is the leader <laughs> of their team. Like, you really think that he's going to lead them to to a major success here? Well, no, I'm no, they'll, they'll come out of the group, but I don't think they're going to win the thing. Um, and you're talking about the future MLS all-time goals leader, right there. God, I hope not. <laughs> um. 
So before we get into uh, into the tournament itself, um, I want to make sure we've got you know our our predictions down as who we think is going to well who's going to win this thing outright right now. EA runs a predictor every year, and they're generally accurate. Um, EA has come out on FIFA 23 with their simulations, and they predict that Argentina will come out as the winner of the World Cup this year uh, with Messi taking the golden boot. Um, Earl, who is your World Cup winner, and who do you think gets the golden boot? Again, it's a competition that happens every four years. Um, has has a, a handful of groups of four teams each. Um, yeah, it's fun times. You these really teams, these teams are these teams consist of the best players from each nation. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, I want Belgium to win, like I said. Um, they're they're my favorite, but who wins the golden boot? I don't know. Okay, Jacob, any insight? Um. Oh, it's it's tough. Argentina is kind of the. I was just thinking about the song like two days ago. Thank you for playing it. Thank you. Um. Have you seen the the video for that? Creepy. Creepy. I don't know because I Argentina, Brazil, I uh, France, like they all are very talented and and should win it. I want chaos this year though, but trying to figure out who that team is, unless it's the U.S., which I just don't see it happening, mm-hmm. um, is kind of difficult. I, I think if you look at the final four from four years ago, um, which was France, Croatia, Belgium, and England, I just like, Belgium is basically starting the same exact team, but they're now in their late thirties instead of mid to early thirties, and that typically isn't going to bode well for them. Uh, so I think Belgium's out. Um, So I think I think I might have to go chalk. No, no, I'm not going chalk. I'm not going going chalk. I'm actually going to go a team that obviously has a lot of success in this tournament, um, but hasn't been talked about a lot this year. I'm going to go with Germany. Germany. All right, you're going to follow. Uh, we'll see more of that. Very well. Uh, any any picks? Any predictions for a golden boot? Uh, Mbappe. Mbappe. Okay. I just, I don't. That's a, that's a good shout. Like, I don't disagree with you there. France obviously is, is a very good squad. Um, you know, they they're definitely going to be one of the favorites. Um, for me, I. I look at the squads. I look at what we have available. 
in terms of, you know, coming out. I mean, you look at Group G, the the, first, the top two coming out of G. Oh God, gonna, are you still talking? They're going to get Group H. Um, and I feel like G is stronger than H at this point. But I, I think Brazil. I think Brazil's roster is just insanely deep. And they've got a lot of players that can really make a difference on the pitch for them. So um, I'm going to take Brazil in his terms of who I think is going to win the golden boot. Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I, I think Ronaldo could potentially do it just because of how weak I think Group H is going to be. Um, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Ronaldo. I can't stand him. I hate the guy, but you know, I, I think that he's got a really I, strong opportunity. I don't. I, I think you're underestimating the teams in that group. And so much so that I don't think he's going to get out of that group. And if you don't get out of the group, then your chances of winning the golden boot uh, are basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're talking about three games instead of somebody like Mbappe who can make a run to the final getting seven games, eight yeah. games, whatever it is. No, I get it. I get it. I, and it's, it's understandable, you know. And again, I, you know, I think Portugal is the favorite to come out of that group. But how far they go, it's going to depend on you know, whether they finish one or two in that group and who they get from G. So, all right. Well, that's all that I had on tap for this for this evening. Do you guys have anything you, you want to bring up? Oh, I, sorry. I do have one other thing. Um, there was an article that came out. I believe it was today from KRQE. Maybe it was KOAT. Let me go double check and make sure I've got. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. Earl, that was the opportunity to play the hand kill drop. Was when he said, "Oh, actually, I have one more thing." That was that's the comedic timing that you need to learn <laughs> is when to play these drums. Okay, so this article did come out on koat.com, and it was uh, written by. No, it was not written by T.J. Willem, investigative producer for Koat, interviewed Paul Guessing of the Rio Grande Foundation. And the headline of this article is taxpayers have paid nearly $1 million for United to play in isotopes park. Yes. So. Yes. You've positioned your microphone to where it's now giving feedback. (laughs) Thank you. All right. All right. So. Article goes on to say, a year ago, the city asked voters to approve a bond to use taxpayer money to build a soccer stadium for New Mexico United. Voters overwhelmingly said no, as we know, but there is something taxpayers have been paying ever since the United started playing games in 2019 at the city-owned Isotopes Park. Says Paul Guessing of the Taxpayer Watch Group Rio Grande Foundation, when you have the shift in usage, you've got to configure it from a baseball to a soccer stadium and then configure it back. That costs money. According to invoices obtained by Target 7, the city has been paying the bill to convert the field. Each time it can cost as much as $49,000, which we know this. We've known this. 
for years that there's a cost involved to do this. In all, taxpayers have paid about $960,000 since the United started playing games. And I think it is something that taxpayers, generally speaking, should not be on the hook for sports stadiums, said Guessing, whose foundation opposed the bond to build the stadium. ISOP's general manager, John Traub, said, we pay for the grounds crew, we pay for the upkeep of the field, the city pays for the physical functioning of the building. Traub said that the baseball club has given back about $30 million in the last 20 years to taxpayers from its lease and ticket and concession sales. Concession sales. Some of that is money they also generate from subleasing to the park to United. To the United. Apologies. Very little of that $30 million is a result of the soccer team. <laughs> they have only been playing in the building for a few years. Isotopes grounds crews were doing the ground, the conversions, which again, we know this. The baseball team then sent those invoices to the city and they get reimbursed. Uh, Traub said, we were told that we would get reimbursed by, for the city. I'm assuming by the city. And from that point, I don't know what the agreement is between the soccer team and the city. Um, Isotopes park is currently getting a new field and scoreboard that is being paid for by the city, which Again, the city is responsible for the for the facility. Okay, not 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 on you know. Part of the lease agreement is that the city is responsible for keeping the facility up to major league standards. So the city is already responsible for all this. The city is already doing all this. <sighs> yeah. It's just ridiculous. Are you are you done? There's more to this. Well, thank um, God you didn't keep going. I just I bring this up because Isotopes Park is fully paid for. The bond is completely paid off. United pays money as part of a lease agreement, either to the city or to the, the Isotopes, one of the two for use of the fund use of the stadium united also has been has also their part they're helping cover the cost of, of the conversion stadium this here says that the city is responsible for this isotopes park generates over two million dollars in revenue every single year i i'm sorry i have lots of issues with this to me this is a giant fucking hit piece because Paul guessing is a stupid dumb motherfucker who has nothing better to do than shit on people's happiness. Like I get that he's a conservative think tank, whatever. And, and he's especially fiscally conservative, which I don't have a problem with, but like all of this here. So before, before, before you continue your little, your little rant and tirade over here, um, everyone listening, this is Seth's uh, take of this, and not the views of Somos Mas. No, no, I, I, I actually fully agree with him. <laughs> it, I don't, I don't watch is, your mainstream media, so I, I don't media, so I don't either because it's all clickbaity as fuck, which is exactly yeah. what this is. That's yeah, that's exactly what this is—a giant fucking clickbait article. Like, so I don't, I don't understand why we clicked on it and putting it on the podcast because it, it, that's all it is like it's clear as data that that's all it is it's 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 meant to 
enraged the people that were already mad. And as far as like the whole city funds covering stuff, they're going to be mad no matter what. This is just to get them more riled up. And it's made, made to do exactly what it did to you, Seth, which is piss you off with because you're actually a critical thinker that actually knows <laughs> what's going on and to think for themselves. Yeah. So it 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 isn't even on my radar because that's you nailed the you you nailed the head you 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 hit the nail on the head with the uh, with what it is. So people can all the old fogies that still uh, click on news articles and watch the the local news can shake their fist and yell at the kids to get off their lawn and uh the rest of us i at least i am going to choose to just ignore it and uh move on with my life and hope that we get a stadium soon so we can just forget all this dumb shit it just it it popped up on on like it might like three different notifications that i had today this article popped up so i'm I'm, you know i'll click on it i'll see what it is and as soon as i saw paul guessing like oh fuck this guy now I'm fairly fiscally conservative myself, but looking at this, this is a, keep in mind too. This is a million dollars over four years, which is one percent less than one percent of the city's budget every single year. Like even a million dollars. I mean, we're paying you know what four million dollars a year to to APD. That's what APD's but I don't know APD's budget is somewhere you know and the millions of dollars and this is a million dollars over four years and you know uh, mayor uh, mayor keller's office said in an email i so spark as a city-owned facility fuel conversions are a service the city provides for our tenants meaning both new mexico united and the isotopes to keep them playing at the facility generating revenue for the city and providing affordable family fund for our residents a spokesman for the United. Fuck this article writer. <laughs> I'm sorry. This more than anything pisses me off. The United. It is not the United. It is United. New Mexico. <laughs> He's still going, Earl. He's still going. <laughs> oh, we're still live. Yes, we're yeah, yeah. still alive. Yes. He he was still ranting, but I muted him. And, I'm uh, ranting about the United. Fuck yes, I know. I know what you're ranting about. But um, you you are turning into like the the alternate <laughs> universe get off my lawn guy right now. You got like, the people over here saying, so Why aren't we paying for this? And then you have you over here saying, Why are they saying the United? And it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't just no. let it go. And I'm just hoping <laughs> that Christmas comes anytime soon. And Earl's over there stroking his beard to come back. Earl's and, already, uh, Earl's already, you know, drinking eggnog and I'm warm sure Earl, eggnog, warm, warm eggnog. eggnog. And I'm sure he has Christmas decorations up already too. Hundred percent true. Earl, I'm kicking you off this show. Like, what is wrong with you? What is um, wrong? In my defense, I never took them down from last year. <laughs> I like how I like how Seth was saying what's wrong with you when he was just ranting for ten minutes about the United. Yeah. Um. A spokesman for the United sent an email saying, "When New Mexico United owners were first looking to bring a soccer team to New Mexico, the nobody city of Albuquerque cares." Seth, stop ag- talking about the article. Agreed 
the city of Albuquerque agreed to provide and pay for a soccer field for our matches if we played at Isotopes Park. Without that agreement in place, we would not have been able to bring the team here. Guessing says this type of expense should have had its own separate vote. I just, I don't know. The Rio Grande Foundation and Paul Guessing can go fuck off. Like, seriously. United brings in revenue for the city. The isotopes generate revenue for the city. The entire thing generates revenue. <laughs> Dang it. He, he caught on that time. <laughs> but you're right. This is all points that United needs a, needs a stadium so that Paul Guessing can shut the fuck up. Oh, no, he'll still keep talking. I'm sure he will. You know, I mean, I, I just I just don't get it. Like, I, I, I don't, other than the fact that this is a giant fucking clickbaity article, which is the, to me, seems to be the entire point of it. Like, all of this is public knowledge. This has been public knowledge for the past four years. We were on such a good pace. We were going to get out of here at, like, an early time. And then Seth had to remember this article that nobody cares about except for him and his <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I mean, if if the two of you would like to, you know, continue to talk about it, we can't. If not, I will get off my soapbox and we can go home. Okay. I, I fully agree with you, Seth. I'm just not going to get my blood pressure raised over <laughs> a clickbaity article. That's That's all I'm saying. Okay. Earl, do you have any thoughts? Earl, so this was an article that was basically saying <laughs> that United was... This is an article was, that I literally gave... So this this was an article that I literally gave two fucks about, and Seth somehow managed to run us into overtime. Um, do I have any comments on this? I believe we're on this. Two... To be fair, it was a slow news day uh, in the USL and United it's World. It's been a so, slow news week, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but I just love how you dropped it like the hour mark, and then ranted about it by yourself for twenty minutes, and probably still could go on if I yes if I wanted you to. Or oh, I, I absolutely you. could. You know, you guys say I'm a soulless robot. I am passionate about this, and TJ Willem and Paul Guessing, fuck you. All right, Boomer, just move on. Just move on. It 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 stings a little more coming from a baby-faced Earl. <laughs> just because he looks fucking 12. He looks like he's going to prom tomorrow. We need to get his parents' uh, permission maybe, slip. Maybe I am. I bet you are. I bet you are. I don't know what that means, but it's disturbing, even though I said it. On that note... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. On that note, uh, we do appreciate you guys being here. Jacob, get us out of here. All right. So, uh, Monday, Seth, and maybe myself, depending on my schedule, uh, we'll be bringing you 15 to 20 minutes on. Uh, it, that one might be a little longer because it's USA's first match, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I might pop on. Um, but then every day after that, one of us at least will be giving you a few minutes on what happened in the world cup uh we'll probably be back here in two weeks i'm thinking 
yep. uh, for United news and notes and USL news and notes, unless something major happens between now and then. And so uh, you'll get a lot of us the next couple of weeks. Um, but un- unless something happens United wise, it will not be about United. Uh, it'll be, it'll be about strictly world cup. And uh, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, in the last few days, I've gotten more and more jacked for this world cup. Uh, I know Earl, uh, Earl. So the world cup is a, it's a tournament that happens every four years. <laughs> just going to run this, run this joke into the ground until it just no longer is funny. And then I'm going to keep running it into the ground because it will be funny again eventually you see this one was rescheduled from the summer to the winter because the uh, no no don't go into political stuff don't, no no don't, the, the, don't the temperatures in, with... the temperatures in qatar okay. can can reach anywhere from 95 to 112 degrees so instead of being in the summer like it normally would be they pushed it to the winter which now fucks up the entire premier league schedule and mm-hmm. other leagues around the world so very complicates a lot of things complicates and, a lot uh, uh, Qatar probably right. shouldn't have a World Mark. Cup in Rays, but after bribing that's people. that's that's a whole Katie. other topic for a whole other story. Um, which maybe after this World Cup is over, we can dive into it this off season when we have some time. But until then, uh, watch the World Cup. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, I think. No matter what, I, I think we're in for some surprising results uh, throughout the competition and. And who knows? Maybe USA can can make a little bit of a run here and and gear up for 2026's World Cup, which is right here in North America. Um, and I will try my best to get all three of us tickets to a match uh, that year, if possible. Um, got four years to save for it, so probably should only take uh, you know about half my life savings at that point to go to to a game. So. Um, <clears throat> anyways monday catch us here uh, i don't know seth are you planning on doing yours like right after the match is in in the middle of the day or are we gonna pop no, on no, at no. nine like we we would normally do after uh, regular season? Um, that's that's what i'm thinking i'm going to do is do it about nine when yeah when it is and and i might go live i mean yeah if, if we're gonna be using this same platform and podcast or thing with Streamyard and, and have it just be a click of a button to go live. Yeah. Might as well go live um, and then put it out to the podcast right away. So um, catch us nine uh, o'clock ish on Monday uh, for USA's first match and the first four matches of the 2022 world cup coming from Qatar and, and then every day subsequent every day after that as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. And until two weeks from now, uh, if you're just going to c- catch us in United stuff, uh, Somos Unidos, and if you're here for the World Cup coverage next week, um, we'll see you in a few days. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.